This is Author Talk, presented by Author House, the leading provider of services to help authors publish, promote, and sell their books around the world. Author Talk is a show about new books and the authors who wrote them. It's an opportunity for prospective readers to hear directly from the writers, to hear what inspired them to write and publish, and to hear all the inside details about their books. Here is Author Talk with host Steve Jorgensen. The title of the book, The Spirit of the Lion, and the author is Daniel Myers, and Daniel joins us now on Author Talk. Hello, Dan. How are you today? Well, good to have you with us. This is your autobiography, a story filled with challenges, filled with unbelievable achievement, because we're talking about Dan Myers, who at one time, and maybe you still are considered mentally ill, but you've certainly overcome your critics, haven't you? Absolutely. A lot of people told me I could never do it. They told me I could never go to school and complete it, or even if I did, I wouldn't be able to do anything. A lot of people did not understand my spiritual experiences, and and I just kept them to myself for a long time until I put them in my book, and they're there for anyone to read. Well, you were born back in 1954. Tell us about your circumstances at your birth. Well, when I was born, my parents had, uh, see, four other children, uh, two sisters, and I had two brothers, two brothers, and then I had a sister that came after that. I had to live in an orphanage because my dad was an alcoholic, and my mother couldn't take care of us back then because no one would pay a woman wages or anything like that. So I ended up in an orphanage where I got a hernia from another child uh, and beaten on me. So I had to go to the hospital, and I was at the hospital. Uh, one day, my mother came in, and so did Clint Eastwood. <laughs> and so uh, we got an autograph from him. I never saw that autograph again. But uh, that's kind of what happened to me when I was young. Um, there isn't a lot to tell between the time that that had been occurred. Um and we got, my family got us out of a hospital, my mother, and I got a stepfather and four other sisters. So, anyway, that's a, it, it's a big family. Uh, now, later on, I, I, I went to live with my real dad because of my illness. And I was in uh, the state hospital prior to that and just after I had got out of uh, high school. So it was after high school when you were diagnosed as mentally ill? Yes, with uh, schizophrenia. So you were suffering with uh, a a lot of problems at that moment in time? It was very severe. One one of the events that should be noted in the book is where I was in the hospital and six orderlies came in three different times and kind of beat me up and tied me up and tied me to the bed because that's what they did back then. And I got loose all three times. They had me in straight jackets, but I had a way to get out. 
you know, using my muscles, flexing them, and then when they left, relaxing them, and then slipping around them. Now, you talk about having a dream. Did this dream change your life? Yes, because uh, when I had that dream, it took me a number of days just trying to figure out what I saw, what it was. To me, it looked as if it was the place where God is. You know, a lot of people say, well, he's up there where? You know, but in my uh, dream, I saw a number of children in a line in pairs, and three of them, uh, well, actually six, one was uh, like African-American, one was like Oriental, and the other one was a uh, brown child, or they were in pairs, though, like male and female. And the rest were all white, but anyway, you've got to read the book. I don't want to tell you all the secrets. Certainly, certainly. But this dream changed your life, and and was it the dream that kind of gave you hope at that moment, or was it just the start of, uh, I think you had uh, another dream, too, that, that really was uh, very revealing to you? Oh, yeah. Well, that one was the start, but in no way was it the end. I had some other experiences. The other dream comes late in the book. And it's about a pair of people coming to the earth. If you look at the the front cover of the book where it says the spirit of the lion and underneath it says Daniel Myers, that relates to the dream that you're talking about. The spirit of the lion relates to that dream. Uh-huh. Right. And it does in other places too, but not necessarily with that dream. Okay. Big part of it. Now, after you were diagnosed as mentally ill, what happened to you? Well, I, um, I was in the state hospital in Wyoming for about six months. After that, I left and uh, went to live with my dad. And then we moved to Yuma, Arizona, where we were working on a gold mine. I don't know if that part's in the book, but what happened was... After we were done, I left. I went back to Wyoming, and I started working for a pipe inspection company. So all my life, I've worked at different jobs. Any job that I had taken hold of, I was able to do it. Where did you know that you could become a college graduate. When did it dawn on you or when was well, when did you were you able to have the confidence to go to college? I had a friend, um actually I'd been working in the woods with my brothers cutting wood and I got a letter from the Department of Vocational Rehabilitation so I went to go see him and there's this woman there named Kathy Cassidy. And she she talked to me about going to school. She said, well, I have to have you tested first. So I went to this psychologist or a psychiatrist, and he tested me. He said, you can go to school for a couple of years, and that'll be it, and you'll be able to get a better paying job. So I went back and told her that, and she had all the reports. So I started school. And what happened was I was making 
A's and B. And and uh, I did my two years kind of quickly. And so I asked her if I could go for some more. She said yes. So then I got a, a bachelor's degree in social work. And because I had a bachelor's degree in social work and an associate degree in social work and an associate degree of communication, then uh, I had to find a place where they had a master's degree uh, for someone in social work. And it was, turned out it was the University of Kansas. They asked me to come. I went and talked to them and that sort of thing. And... Uh, and they sent me a letter, and they said, come, and they, the letter made it so that I couldn't graduate with my class in Wyoming because I had to go to school. <laughs> and that was part of the challenge, you know, was, you know, letting that go because I wanted to do it in order to go further. And so then I went to University of Kansas. I ended up with something like a 367 Average for everything. And I did a lot of reading, did a lot of studying. I just love school. I, I, if I could do it again, I would. So now you have a, a master's. What is it? What's your official, official title? My official title is a Master Peer Support Specialist, MSPS. And what does that stand for? It's a Master's in Peer Support Specialist. Well, congratulations. So right now what I do is I work with people who have illnesses like mine, and I try to help them to become better able to take care of themselves, stay out of a hospital. I try to teach them about their illness. And that's because the, the peer specialist thing is where I use my own experience to share with other people in order for them to become empowered and do the things they want to do. What kind of a role did your mother, Margaret, play in your life to help you reach where you have, what you've accomplished? Well, one of the things my mother did was she had lupus, um, but what, what she did in the last years of her life, the last couple, she went to college, and she got a degree, and she was working with people who couldn't even sign their own names. And uh, she was teaching kind of that. She come home one day and she said, "You ain't gonna believe this." She said, "This this little black man was at college, and he couldn't even sign his checks." And she said, "I showed him how." That inspired me that there was something in college that was important. And then you have a friend named Jamie. He's been a big help to you as well. He was my friend for many years, and he died in a car accident. Him and five other people wrecked. Everybody else lived, and he died. But he, he was my friend who I could confide in and talk to. One night, I I had had this vision, and him and a couple other people came over, and they wanted me to leave the, uh, where I was at. I was in an alcoholic home for alcoholics, and 
the others left and he stayed and he talked with me and we just we were good friends for a long time well we all need a good friend to help us through tough times don't we that's right you say that the spirit is eternal and not to be denied and its strength and power will overcome mankind's greatest foe discrimination what do you mean by that I think it's very clear. Spirituality cannot be denied. But few people really know of it and know about it, have been a connection with it. But that is probably the strongest foe for discrimination. Because that... Um, is something that has, has caused people problems for thousands of years. So, uh, but the spirit, it can challenge it. It can stop it. It can block it. And you see discrimination as the cause of most problems between peoples. Absolutely, I do. I think if you think about it for a minute, it's between you and everything else. Not everything around you or people you know, but it's out there. That's why we have war. Dan, you say there are few books, if any, that tie together spirituality, mental illness, and a bibliography and reaches from the depths of despair to the heights of glory. That's certainly your story because you've been to the absolute bottom, haven't you? And you've been at the top. Uh, yeah. Well, I got to tell you, um, my book is written in the past tense, which I think few writers do. They they do it in the present tense. And sometimes they look ahead and do it in the future tense. My book is written in the past tense, which most writers couldn't do. Write a whole book in the past tense. Now, um, as far as tying these ideas together, uh, if you take a bibliography, it's like a tree, and then you start putting in the branches, which would be spirituality, mental illness, uh, bibliography, education, and there's a couple of chapters, one on homelessness and one on discrimination. You tie all these things together, and you will see something that will... Would say when you're finished, uh, it will never be the same. How you look at people with mental illness, and how you look at yourself. Dan, tell us how to get your book. You got to get a hold of Author House. This is the best way that I could tell you. Authorhouse.com. Authorhouse.com. Their phone number is one eight hundred eight three nine eight six four zero. And you can order from them. I suggest you order the best copy, which is the hard copy. I have a soft copy, too. But if you want something nice to keep, once you've read it, it'll never be the same. Dan, thanks for being on Author Talk. We really appreciate it. Okay, I appreciate you having me. That was Daniel Myers. He is the author of his book, The Spirit of the Lion. Thank you.
You're listening to Author Talk. We'll be back right after these messages. It's the chance for you to hear firsthand from authors on why they write their books in their own words. It's called iUniverse Radio, hosted by Steve Jorgensen every Saturday at 4 p.m. Eastern, 3 Central on TogiNet Radio. iUniverse Radio is brought to you by iUniverse, the leading book marketing, editorial services, and supported self-publishing company. iUniverse Radio, every Saturday at 4 p.m. Eastern, 3 Central on TogiNet Radio. Radio with a cutting edge. What's your story? Are you living it? Well, you could be. It's What's Your Story with Hillary Bilbrey. Friday mornings at 10 Eastern, 9 a.m. Central on toginet.com. Her passion is helping others discover, create, and live their personal brands. Yep, you heard me. You have a brand. No different than Coke, Pepsi, or Nike. You are a walking, talking, living, breathing brand. You're not a logo. You're not a tagline. The choices you make become the path you take. This is your brand. Now, live your story. Your brand is not just what you say it is. It's also what others say it is. So what are you communicating? And how can you create an authentic brand? We'll take on these challenges with What's Your Story? Every week, Hillary will feature teens, moms, and organizations that are learning and living their story. Now, her passion is to help others discover, create, and live their personal brands. To find out more, go to inspiredbyfamily.com. It's What's Your Story with Hillary Bilbrey. Friday mornings at 10 Eastern, 9 a.m. Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Author Talk, brought to you by Author House. Helping authors publish, promote, and sell their books around the world. The title of the book, Commercial Driver's License Pre-Trip Inspection Training Manual. A no-nonsense approach to passing the CDL pre-trip inspection on the first try. And the author is Robert C. Robinson, and Robert joins us now on Author Talk. Hello, Robert. Good afternoon, sir. How are you today? Uh, very good. I didn't know if I was going to have enough breath to get through that whole title and the subtitle. <laughs> that covers it's, it's a lot a of territory. It's a mouthful. Yes, I'm going to read what you have written to make an introduction in general about your book. You say it this way, this book is quite possibly the first and only CDL training manual to use vivid full-color pictures of every component, everything needed to pass the CDL pre-trip inspection on the first try by using a logical and organized approach that has never failed. Well, that sounds like... What more could a person want? I had hoped to provide everything really needed to be said. I, I tried to encapsulate everything in that one, in, in, in that answer, what you, what you just read. And, and they are, uh, I, I think for anyone who's picked up a manual, I think it'll resonate most with those people. It, uh, for anyone who's, who's read a, a training manual, it almost always, in fact, to my knowledge, without exception, uh, training manuals. If they, if they bother to illustrate anything at all, it's uh, black and white sketches at best. They, they, the, the sketches lack clarity and detail. Oftentimes you can't tell what it is they're trying to illustrate. And the information is, is so unorganized that you just, you just feel inundated, even when, when it's very little information. It's just because there's no no rhyme or reason to it, you just uh, you feel lost, and 
the most important part to take from that, I think, is is that I've never ever had a, a student so uh, a student go back for a second attempt ever. And while a, a book, I don't think a book is nearly uh, as effective as a hands-on one in one, uh, one on one or two on one with an instructor. It, it was meant to it was meant to replace me or or any instructor. Uh, to the to the greatest extent possible. Well, you've been a trainer for over 15 years, and you've been around trucking and driving for 28 years, and you've, like you say, you've logged a mile or two through those 28 years. So what you're saying to us is that there are really a lot of poor teachers out there, and even some of the old-timers don't know how to teach it very well, and you just saw a big need. I saw a tremendous void. Yes, I think I think some of uh, some of the trainers who who could teach, they they they, they know enough to teach. I, I don't know that their thought process, and and I and I don't mean to pat myself on the back. I just don't think that most people are 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 organized enough in their thought process to convey that which needs to be conveyed. And, and, and to do it in, in an organized fashion. So everyone has to face this CDL pre-trip inspection? There's no way around it. Uh, the only exception would be if you, uh, if, if you were trucking before the, uh, the CDL law came to be, and I think that was sometime around the, the early to mid-80s. So... At one point, uh, some of the old-timers were grandfathered in, but at anyone after, after that, that time, that era, they would have had to have gone through the, the toll, this toll booth, so to speak. Even if you're mechanically inclined or an expert driver, that is, that's not a guarantee that you're going to pass this. No, in fact, it's, it's been my experience that those are usually the ones who fail first. They, uh, they, they just take it for granted, and they've grown up on the farm, and, and, and they know the truck, don't get me wrong. They, 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 they know the truck uh, mechanically. They, they, they drive it, drive the wheels off of it, but they don't know. They, because they take it for granted, they don't prepare for the exam, and they're blindsided on test day because they don't know what, what answers are about to be fished for. It's not a slam dunk like a lot of people think. Uh, not at all. Not at all. And, and, and you'll, get, you'll get the ones who think that because they do know a lot, and then you get the ones that really just are clueless, and they really don't know what to expect. So they go in knowing, well, I'm probably not going to, go, probably not going to be too successful my first time around, but I'll use this as, as, a, as a, uh, an opportunity to, t- to prep, so to speak. Now I can come away knowing how to prepare for the test. And then that's not a good way to do it either. It's just wasted time, wasted effort, uh, wasted money. Just waste. It's a waste. Yeah, you say that the most challenging part of of this book was organizing it, laying it out as I would want it to be if I were studying it myself for my first test. That's the I guess that's the big test uh, for you for the book is that it this was uh, as you laid this out, you thought oh, this will really help me take the test if I were taking it the first time. Absolutely, it, it wasn't hard to remember what it was like for me 
and just 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 taking taking the difficulties that I had and keeping them in mind as I tried to organize this and and, and others that I've talked to over the years and the complaints of others helped me a lot in in trying to organize this with what needs to be said and in in what order because if it's just a you know if it's just a a hodgepodge of of, of organized unorganized thoughts and and meaningless ramblings just just tossed in like a like a barrel of monkeys then you never know where to grab where's the beginning where's the end so you have uh, 12 sections and you start out with the engine compartment and you go all the way through with suspension and brakes and the wheel and the fuel area and the underside and the real wheels and the vehicle rear rear brakes rear suspension front of the vehicle inside the cab and then you've got some other uh, detailed chapters uh, this is the kind of approach that everybody needs i think you got to know where to start with anything uh for the past for the past, uh, for the past 10 or so years i've worked in, in, in technology and, and a lot of what I, what I do deals with electrical circuits and, and, and sometimes uh, writing programs for computers and, and, and to there has you have to you have to take you have to look at things logically and there, there has to be a beginning. If you're trying to troubleshoot a circuit it's, it's, it's best it might not always be time effective. To, to start at the beginning, but oftentimes you find yourself going back to the beginning. And I, I, I this is no different. There, there has to be a beginning. And these, and, and these pictures, as I've looked at them, these photos are very, very clear. They, they're color, they show everything that you need to see to understand what you're talking about. Thank you. That's what I was shooting for. I, I dislike drawing a negative attention to to the other publications that, that, that litter the shelves, but but so many, so many of the of the books that are out there, they're either they're either black and white sketches, or and in some of them may not have any anything at all. It may be a, a three hundred page book on uh, DOT rules and and regs and such, and then a, a six or eight page afterthought on the pre trip and and how. I, if this is about inspecting a vehicle and, and no, having a mechanical aptitude for it, knowing that it's road ready and safe, I think it, it, it warrants a little more than a six or eight page afterthought with some pathetic sketches. But couldn't I attend a trucking school, a truck driving school, and I wouldn't have to worry? You could, and I'm sure there's some good ones out there. I know there are good ones out there. But there's a lot of bad ones too. It's it, it's kind of it's kind of like bobbing bobbing for apples blindfolded, you know. And knowing that there's some rotten ones in there, possibly more rotten ones than good ones, I'd I'd, I'd rather know which I'd rather know where the good ones are at myself. I, I don't want to taste a bad one or two before I. Get to the good one. Now, would you say your book replaces a, a truck driving school? I think it, it certainly complements one. Uh, I, I, th I think uh, 
most truck uh, most truck driving schools, well, hopefully, will 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 have trucks for you to actually drive, and you can't learn that from a book. Uh, hopefully, it's 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 taught by an instructor who's logged a mile or two, and 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 and, and is a good teacher. I don't know that you could replace it, but I, I think it, it certainly complements the school. And uh, in fact, there there are a couple of uh, a couple of community colleges that have that have started using my training manual. You also say that your book would be a good refresher for the seasoned vet. I, I think it would because over time, you, know, you just you you take things for granted. The mind goes to mush. I think a lot of the the seasoned vets kind of. With, with technological changes, you know, come mechanical changes too. Uh, so I think it might help them to keep up with uh, with the changes that may be happening right virtually beneath them. And and I think too, it uh, it reminds it reminds them of of what's expected of them and, and the importance of 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 making sure that a truck is sound. Now, this 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 book wasn't written specifically for 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 safety purposes. It was actually geared more towards test purposes, but it, it certainly it, it translates, I guess you would say, to it would, it would be helpful to someone uh, who, who wants to know that a truck is safe and, and road ready. You also cover air brake check, tractor coupling, the trailer, and then you even look at the straight truck class B license. Yes. It's not just a... a a one size fits all where a CDL is concerned. I mean, depending on weight requirement and the the type of truck you'll be driving, there are different, different licenses for different trucks and, and different, the pre-trip would be tailored, so to speak, for, for that particular truck and or license. And the proceeds from your book are going to be donated to charity. Tell us about that. Yes. Proceeds will be donated to the BB&G Pomeranian Rescue. It's a dog rescue. If you go to my website, uh, which is www.cdlpretripinspection.com, or to the Author House website, which will, which is linked to other things that are linked to me, you'll uh, you'll ultimately find a be be led to a link for our our rescues website and it's for for small dog rescue it's 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 titled a, a pomeranian rescue but we don't rule out other possibilities it's it's primarily a small dog rescue and and we try to do for them what they can't do for themselves if i could also say uh i'd like to uh i'd like to thank uh amf offshore racing and and more specifically their uh, Miss Geico racing team, because without them, I wouldn't have had. Uh, I've, I think I've got some really beautiful pictures, and I think they they lended a, a credibility that that would have otherwise been lacking. Well, Robert, we want to thank you for being on Author Talk, a very comprehensive and challenging book to write, and uh, I know you're very proud of it. Thank you for having me, and and yeah, I am. That was Robert C. Robinson. He is the author of his book. Commercial Driver's License Pre-Trip Inspection Training Manual, a no-nonsense approach to passing the CDL pre-trip inspection on the first try. You're listening to Author Talk. We'll be back right after these messages. Maybe if I write a book, it will be the thing that keeps me alive. 
Those are the troubled words of a new 16-year-old author with her first thought-provoking book, What Gives? Published by Togi Entertainment. The author kept a diary during her dark teenage times, which turned into a 360-page suicide note with a happy ending. Texas Monthly describes teen author Chelsea Marie and her new book, What Gives? in this provocative way. We've plunged from page to page, not because of the young diarist's despondency. Depression is not especially attractive or compelling, but because we are fascinated to see that while she is fending off demons on one hand, she is writing verse with the other. What Gives is available at whatgivesbook.com and national bookstores. Readers of What Gives are giving rave reviews. All social scientists, teachers, and students should use this book as a learning tool. What Gives is available at whatgivesbook.com and national bookstores. The American Rock and Roll Countdown with Alex Price. So where were you in the 1970s? Well, this Saturday morning we're going to flash back to the 70s as we count down the classic hits with the American Rock and Roll Countdown. You'll hear news and information and stories about the artist and what was going on during the specific week that we highlight. So be sure to join us at 9 o'clock Eastern Standard Time this Saturday on Toginet for the American Rock and Roll Countdown. The American Rock and Roll Countdown on Toginet. Welcome back to Author Talk, brought to you by Author House. Helping authors publish, promote, and sell their books around the world. The title of the book, Bella the Witch and Her Worries, and the author is Sky Toggle. And Sky joins us now on Author Talk. Hello, Sky. Yes. Hi, everybody. It's uh, Sky Toggle. I'm the author of Bella the Witch and Her Worries, which is a fictional cartoon story. Um, and I've written it in just a, a lighthearted way to enjoy it, look at how we all worry in our lives and see how a witch would worry. Well, she does worry, that's for sure. She has lots of worries, and of course, we'll talk about what happens to her because of all her worries, but I just want to read what you have written about your book. You said, we all have worries. Some people worry less than others, but other people worry till their worries become overwhelming. I want to explore this theme in an unlikely character in an, an amusing setting, so... Bella the Witch is certainly yeah. an unlikely character, and the, the illustrations make her uh, even more unlikely. <laughs> <laughs> She's amusing, I, yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. I took her to an extreme. I said, let's make her have a physical problem, because she worried to the point where her life in general, she was a thinker and a worrier, and then it, it got too complicated to the point where it started to grow warts on her hands and I mean, other physical findings, and... The problem is that we sometimes have anxiety and other physical problems, too, from worries. And sure. this is a fun way to show that. And that do we need to go this far, you know? Do we need to worry so to the extent that this happens? And in this story, you get to follow with her and really go live through that worry with her. And in a way, kind of forget your own worries in the process. And you kind of see, oh, well, you know, a witch is going through this and... So am I, and in a way, we all have something in common now, and it lightens our own burden, and it's very, in a way, comically done, and I wanted to make it very lighthearted and funny so that we could have a funny, enjoyable book to read, you know? 
Well, again, the illustrations are absolutely beautiful and so cre not only creative, but very, uh, what's the word? It just kind of pinpoints her problem because when, you know, if we had a, a worry wart on our body, it wouldn't like look anything like hers, that's for sure. <laughs> hers were very, very creative, red, blue, and yellow, and of course she has green skin. I mean, what more could you want? Yeah, of course, and the warts don't go well with her green skin. I, I had to work with the uh, illustrator, and the design of the wrist herself is my own ideas, her, the way she dresses, the way her hair is, and the way she color of her green skin, and and every character, there's another character in this book, and we designed. And also the warts have their own character, <laughs> and they're multicolored and exaggerated, and it's, it's something that we don't normally see on ourselves, but it's kind of fun. It seems and like, such, yeah. It seems like on one of the warts I saw in an illustration, there was a face on it, <laughs> like like a little yes, lady yes. ladybug face. <laughs> He was wondering if something's growing inside, <laughs> you know, and sometimes, and then she also concerned that when is her green thumb is, uh, you know, how is her thumb, usually we have a green thumb when we do gardening, and she said, my thumb is turning this color, but I don't do gardening, and it was like a pun on that wording in, uh, in the book, so. Uh, so how young also, of, yeah. how young of yeah. a reader would enjoy this? How young? I would say a 12-year-old and above. Or even ten year old or ten year old and above. Anyone who is reading already and you know, I think first they'll appreciate just the pictures, I think. That'll take them through. But to really understand the concept of worrying and I think the uh, uh, older adolescents or middle aged group, so I think adults will appreciate this the most. She looks middle aged herself. She does not look childish. Um I made her middle aged because I said, you know, it's parents who really deal with all this a lot, and they could explain to a child better if, if they have a child who's worried, and it would help them see themselves through a better light, too. And to make it a child worrying, I didn't find that appealing, in a way, because a child should worry in the sense that, in the sense that they don't have to see themselves in the book all the time. This is a, just a generic uh, witch who worries. So we don't have to have her as a child or a, a human being. She's not even a human. So I made her a general, unlikely character that doesn't place any restriction on who watches her and gets to relate to her. You know, that was the idea. If I had made her a child or an adult, extremely older person or younger child, then I think then it would be limited to those kind of people to read that story. And uh, a witch is usually middle-aged anyway. To me. <laughs> uh, well, certainly you wanted the... Certainly you wanted the reader to feel a sense of comfort that the reader is not alone in, in their worries. Absolutely. There is a comfort. And I felt writing it, I felt com a comfort too. And it was to comfort me. You know, we all have work and worries. And, and I said, finally, you know, let me write this out. I had written this a while ago, and I wanted to bring it out to other people. I think people have similar feelings in their lives. And in the end, well, you can read the story in the end, how it goes, and I'll leave that out for the readers. Of course, um, when, you have a, yeah. a, when you have a real bad problem, you go to a doctor. So she went to the lo yeah. local witch doctor. Yeah. She went to get treatment, and he told her the problem, and she had to work on her problem. I don't know if I can give out the whole plot and the answer to the problem. 
but sometimes magic doesn't work on our problems. There you and go. In this case, it did not. No, ma- know, magic does doesn't always work. Uh-huh. Sorry. We, we would like to magically fix all our problems, wouldn't we? Absolutely. Uh, we were hoping, I was thinking maybe this witch would, but then it wouldn't be fun if the witch had a magical answer. And it wouldn't be challenging anymore. And we all have to, to face the challenge ourselves, so why shouldn't the witch? And so we had to go through, had to go through, put her through the same process that we all go through, you know. The doctor did help her a bit with advice, and she had to struggle with her her worries until finally she found some some comfort in an answer in her mind, and she found that rest helped, and in the end she'll figure out that, you know, I won't give up the endings, but it's very simple. It's a simple story, and it's a funny, simple story, you know. Let's, about what we all go through every day. Let's see. Now, Bella, what would she worry about? Give us some of the things that she would worry about. Oh, you know, her her home, the cooking, the food, and how the moss is not enough on her house and the, how the house doesn't face the moon and things that we don't normally worry about, you know. Her broom. Um, so she, yeah, her broomsticks, and if they don't fly, what happens if they don't work? And <laughs> yes. Things like our cars. In a way, our cars, what if it doesn't work, and what if it's not working? Things we do every day. Go through our mental list of things. You know, do I have enough food in the house? That kind of thing. But she has eccentric worries. So, and, uh, and the kind of thing things. that you wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning and you're worrying about something. Yeah, Exactly. I had to show that. We do that. Some people do that a lot more than others. And you have to kind of say, oh, I see that in myself. I do that sometimes, you know, to bring out the, the relating to the uh, character. And um, how she suddenly sees something in the morning on her foot and then how she has to surprise her and how she deals with that. It's all very funny. But in the end, we sometimes have surprises, too, and we have to deal with them and in the middle of our worries, we get another worry. So one worry is distracted by another one in this case. She has multiple worries already of her life, and now a new one from the work. And in a way, that's how life is. You have to focus on something else sometimes to fix that to get to the end, to work on other things, you know. So is this going to be a series, a series of books? I would like to. This is my first book, um... I had to do it. I felt the need to do it. And uh, if I have another theme on his similar theme, I will go for that because I would love to explore these ideas through Bella. Um, she's an interesting character. I can develop her further. Uh, this is my first story, and it's small, and I wanted to see how people would like it. But I have other more in-depth ideas for her for the next time. Do you have a website? I don't have one yet. This just, just came out in January, and I haven't haven't hired people to help me when I will. <laughs> um, well, anything else you'd I, like to share with us about Bella or about this whole process that we take so well, seriously I, worrying? I would love, I would like people to give me feedback somehow. I will try to get a website up. I would love to know what they feel. If it helps them, that would be really a, a great thing. Um, you know, I would just love feedback. And uh, if they love pictures, we'll do more pictures next time. I had to focus on a lot of pictures, so I enjoyed that process. Um, it's unusual for a new book to be all a lot of pictures, 
I think it helped bring in the whole idea better and show you exactly what we're talking about. And I just love to get feedback from people, so I'll have to make the website or, you know, we'll get through the radio station. And people can yes. get your book through Author House? Yes, anytime. And I'm sure other retail outlets, online outlets, or other book yes, retail outlets. Yes, available at Barnes & Noble and Amazon.com and other sites, yes. Well, very good, Sky. We appreciate you telling us about your new book, Bella the Witch and Her Worries. Thank you. Thank you so much. That was Sky, that was Sky Toggles and her Thank new you. book, Bella the Witch and Her Worries.